My guests today are Allegra Frank and Samit Sarkar, and we're here to talk about Polygon's Games of the Year's ga- games, games of the Year, but not all of them, just numbers six, five, and four. I made that intro as confusing as possible. My name is Justin McElroy, and obviously you're listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Allegra, welcome to Quality Control. Hello. Um, I need you guys to try that again. Just don't say it in sequence. Just pick which one of you is going <laughs> to go first. No, no, welcome. Welcome to the program. Um, we're going to talk about more of Polygon's Games of the Year uh, uh, this 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 week uh, in our ongoing series. Um, I am super excited about all of these games. Uh, I think the sweet spot for games I normally choose as my game of the year usually are like right around the middle. I tend to find that like my favorites tend up at like middle of the pack usually. Uh, I don't usually uh, end up loving like whatever's number one or, or, or number 10, but usually right in the middle is the sweet spot for me. So I'm happy to be here. Um, it's a good spot. Much, not that I have much choice. Um, the first game I want to talk about is uh the witness that's our number six game of the year submit i want to start with you uh where did uh the witness rank in your own sort of personal games of the year i believe the witness was number five on my personal list uh i'm trying to remember exactly uh let me look um yes number five number five so this is like pretty close for you yeah yeah totally what made Um, such an impact on you well, uh, you know, you, you're coming to me, but I, I actually went to you in my write-up of, uh, in my game of the year write-up for for the witness. I thought you played really well in your uh, review back in, uh, well, gee, almost a year ago now. Yeah. Um, wow. uh, that you know, it, it's it's really easy to be reductive about the witness because you are literally spending the entire game doing these line puzzles. Um, but uh, you know, as you said, that you know, saying that the witness is just maze puzzles is like saying that a book is just words. And um, you know, my favorite thing about well, one of my favorite things about the witness is just how inventive the puzzle design is. You know, just how many different kinds of puzzles there are, and and what they do with them, the the different ways they mix up. You know, not just the individual puzzle types, but you know, when, when they start to uh, combine. Uh, the various symbols and and uh, um, you know challenges, it it gets really crazy and and you know brain bending, um, but uh, it's it's really good at also just you know always staying within those rules because you know every single puzzle solution in the game, I was eventually able to understand as like oh yeah like clearly it's it's the interaction between you know these rules or whatever and I I just I, it's it's logical um uh to you know to to the extreme and and uh yeah it's it's spectacular in that way do you remember a particular moment where you were just like uh completely flummoxed just completely <laughs> like pound your head against the wall a, a series of puzzles that was the hardest for you to sort of wrap your head around yeah absolutely the the marsh with the tetromino puzzles that uh, and I think that was a, a sort of pain point for a lot of players in that game. I, I talked to a lot of folks who just 
you know, gave up in that section. Um, and, and that is, I think, the first section where I, I resorted to uh, a guide, actually Polygon's guide, um, put together by our, our guides editor, Dave Tack. And, um, you know, there, there were just some there where I, you know, I guess I just don't have the level of spatial awareness that that is necessary to... to um, think about manipulating those those blocks and and you know rotating them and 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 then of course once you get to the subtraction uh, puzzles um, so so yeah the the marsh puzzles. It's funny about the witnesses. I feel like I I played through the whole thing and I think I did almost all the puzzles. Um, I feel like I could go in right now and just be equally as bad <laughs> as I was. Like I don't feel like I would be any better. It would take me exactly to the second as long to play through the witness again um allegra did you play the witness i didn't i really wanted to because i i remember when you were playing it justin and every day you would come into our slack room like begging for help because it was well so... allegra i think there's a mischaracter <laughs> there's a couple of mischaracterizations i want to explore with you uh the first is every day and the second is begging and i feel like both of those are wild mischaracterizations that uh, should probably be amended i mean agree to disagree justin but that's that's the fond memory i have of that period <laughs> No, what was hilarious about that is that we have people like, especially people who are on like the the programming and dev side of Polygon who are like way smarter than I am and whose brains like work like this, like can function in this way. And I would ask them for help. And a lot of times I would, ha it would take me like 20 minutes to be like, okay, so if you see a white dot, what that means is that it is a square, but can't be part of a rectangle and also can't be purple. Cause if it's blue, then like it would take longer to explain the rules of the thing. But the, what's fascinating about that with the witness is that it, it, um, it, you internalize that stuff. It, like it breaks it down in such like a methodical fashion that like once you, if you start at the beginning and really go through puzzle by puzzle, um, that was sort of my worry about, I never used a guide, but only because like there weren't guides. I, I, used people in the the uh, our company slack but like the i worry that if you were to use a guide that you would sort of like get like get lost a little bit did you have any problem with like getting past those hurdles submit like it did you find like guide use beget guide use for you or were you able to get back on top of it uh no it, that is definitely uh an issue because as i touched on in, in my write-up um, the puzzles are laid out in, in a way that's very similar to the way I think that you learn something like math in school, where it, everything builds on what came before. So just like, you know, your, your math teacher might say, hey, if you just look up the answers to this question, uh, to these questions, you know, you won't be able to do the questions th two months from now because you will never have actually learned how to you know, to solve those problems, that's that's the the trouble with using a guide in, in a game like The Witness, um, is that you know it's really easy to just like look at an image of a solution, draw the line without having any understanding of why that particular line solves that particular puzzle, and then later on just just get stumped because it's like well you, you know you, you never understood the rule in the first place, and like what you were saying about um, explaining the rules. Um, is is so true, and and I think one of the the really outstanding points of of the witness is is in the way that it it conveys 
the puzzle logic to you without a single bit of text. You know, there, there's no text in the entire game. The only thing that um, is you have these audio logs that you can find. But, you know, you you learn these puzzle rules by doing the puzzles. And, um, you know, the, the more of them you do, the 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 more deeply you come to understand the puzzle rules. And, you know, then when they come when the puzzles start to combine the the different types of symbols and, and rules um you know you have this puzzle vocabulary that you've developed over time and you know you can put it to use and and that's it it really really you know when you when you do get it 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 really makes you feel like a genius what was your number one game of the year submit uh, my personal number one was uncharted 4 the thief's end which did not actually make our top 10 uh, wow submit that number one, huh? It was. Uh, I, I've always been a huge uh, Uncharted fan. Uh, I thought, you, you know, Uncharted 2 was the high point until I played Uncharted 4. And I, I know there are a lot of people that I who, who have played some of that game and, and they kind of stopped a few hours in because they're like, oh, yeah, like it's another one of those. And I, you know, I played three or four hours and I... I got it. He climbs around and he and he shoots dude and he quips while he's doing it. Um, but you know, I, I think that the the level of of polish in terms of you know how well each component of that game works uh, is is just is unbelievable. And and uh, it, it Naughty Dog has has always done stuff that no other studio does or at least done it in a way that no other studio does in terms of stuff like the performance capture and that's really amazing in, in this game with uh like the the cutscenes between for example uh nate and elena like uh, there's one early in the game at uh, at their house that's just incredible in, in the storytelling but even then you know i think a lot of people will say that they don't actually like the the gunplay in uncharted and for me that was less of a concern because they added this giant component to the gameplay this uh, in Uncharted 4 of, of the stealth uh, of, of stealth and I actually really like playing games with stealth and I, there are a, a lot of great stealth games that came out in 2016 and so pretty much every part of Uncharted 4 that you could play through without being forced into open combat I played through just crawling around and breaking dudes necks without them ever knowing I was there. It's disgusting, Cement. You're a disturbed person. You've got some serious problems, and I'm really concerned about you. Moving on, but before I'm completely nauseated by Cement's lust for snapping necks, um, uh, uh, repellent, Cement. I'm, I'm so sorry that we all had to be present for that. Uh, the <laughs> number five game of the year was Super Hot. Allegra, I know Cement did not play Super Hot. Did you play Super Hot? I did not play Super Hot. Well, allow me to just bloviate about super hot into the vacuum for five minutes. Uh, super hot is a, my, was my number one uh, game of the year. It's not very long, um, and I want every game pretty much. I feel like every action game can learn something from super hot. So, uh, if you're not familiar, super hot has one sort of central mechanic that that uh, underpins the entire thing, and that is time moves when you move. Uh, what that means is that you can be in the middle of an extremely hectic firefight, but as long as you're not moving in said firefight, you have the time you need to plan and think about uh, what you're going to do next. Um, and w 
what that becomes is like you, you take an action movie, like we, you know, your John Wicks or what have you, is probably the most common uh, or, or at least most recent. And you see the action hero move at this accelerated pace and they seem to like know what everybody's going to do before they do it. And a lot of action games try to do that by letting you like slow down time or giving you really overpowered weapons or, or better armor or whatever. Uh, and the cool thing that Superhot does is by slowing down time and letting you like really think through what you're going to do, it makes the action feel like you are smarter than everybody that's coming after you, not stronger or better, just like thinking on a level that they are not. Um, after you complete a level, which it, it really is not that long, if you were to string it all together, it's usually just this incredible sequence of like, pick up an ashtray, throw it at the guy to your left, catch his gun in midair, turn around, shoot the guy behind you, catch his gun, uh, duck down, pop the two guys that are coming up behind you. And like a lot of action games, like you could tell in that sequence, like you could, you could explain that way, but with super hot, you're actually just doing, uh, that cool stuff back to back to back to back. And then at the end you see it all sped up and you see how it all chained together and you look awesome. You look like one of those, um, action movie heroes. Uh, and, and you did it by like actually putting yourself in the moment and giving yourself the superpower of being able to think quicker than anybody else around you. Um, and that's really super effective. Um, I added this game to my list before I had played the VR version of super hot, which is kind of a, a different thing. Super hot itself is, is broken up basically into levels. Super hot VR is much more about, um, situations. It's sort of like a, uh, you know, almost WarioWare sized chunks of like encounters, basically like single one-off firefights of, you know, you look to your left, there's three shurikens and a, a bottle and you have four people coming at you. Like, what do you do? How do you get out of it? Um, it's much more contained. So you don't even have like the walking from place to place. It's literally just like an even more condensed version of a super condensed uh, action game. And it is absolutely thrilling. Like there's just nothing better than reaching up and catching a gun that has sailed over you and behind your head and just hoping that you pulling your hand back and hoping that you caught the gun and you did, and then you shoot people. Um, and it's, it's, it's fantastic. So, so Justin, you know, I, I, I understand your, your concerns about my bloodlust, but, but here, you know, I mean, at least in Uncharted, you're playing a regular dude. He's, he doesn't have superpowers. Right. Here, you're, you're, you're telling me that you feel like you are superhuman compared to the people that you're, you're just killing mercilessly. You know, you, you mm -hmm. are bending time. They're just, you know, they, they don't have that ability. And, no, 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 and no, no, you know, no. how do you, how, how do you reconcile that fact that, that you're just putting, you know, just unleashing this, this time-based violence upon them uh, well, with, with impunity? submit it's it's i appreciate your insight here but it is just a game i know that those oh, lines okay. can become blurred from time to time and I, I i'm i really believe and i know this obviously isn't what you believe but i really believe that violence in video games is completely separate from leading to real life violence um and and I, i'm sorry that you uh don't feel that way but i don't like to go political on quality control so i'd really like to try to keep the discussion to just the games and the mechanics because in the end they are you know, kind of just for fun. Sure, of course, naturally. So, so speaking in that vein, tell me, you know, you're telling me about the game, but but from what I understand, there's there's some 
lore to Super there's Odd. There's some there lore, not? yeah. It's pretty, it's actually really good. Like, uh, the the last thing of the game, which isn't a spoiler, because the game is like, I'll use the VR version of the game. The VR version of the game is you, the the way you like prove that you're like down with Super Hot is you put the gun that you're holding to your head and shoot yourself. And when you do, your character takes off a VR helmet that they are wearing in game and you have robot hands and you're playing VR super hot on a system that runs on floppy disks that you actually have to pick up and insert. It is, it is absolute nonsense and pretty hysterical. The last thing that happens in the game, uh, in the PC version. Um, and, and again, like I, this is only a spot. It's not, there's not like a linear story going through this. It's just kind of like funny, dope, stuff like this happens after you finish the game it it says you are now free and you're like oh good I, i'm free and then it says to play super hot forever and <laughs> you unlock endless mode of super hot and you play more super hot because it's absolutely fabulous allegro before before i i i uh, uh bloviate anymore on super hot i want to talk about our number four game of the year Firewatch, mm-hmm. not Overwatch. Our number three. Game <laughs> I love Firewatch. that they were back to back. That was pretty. Perfect. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, 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 Allegra, where did first off? Let me ask you this: Where did Firewatch rank on your personal uh, game of the year list? I think it was number two on my list. Actually, it's pretty high well, up there. What was it about Firewatch that really spoke to you? So I really like stories. Um, so my whole my whole thing was about like I love reading and I love books. And for me, like Firewatch felt like the closest approximation of the literary experience that I've like had in a game in a long time. I mean, maybe the best one that I've ever had. I mean, from the opening where it's just like text and there are some choices that you make, but it's completely just like, okay, a prologue, like literally like a fictional, like novelistic prologue before you actually get into the game. I loved it from that very moment on. Um, Like I just thought the story was so captivating. Uh, So just going through and trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen here with Henry and Delilah's relationship? Um, What's the the secrets that Delilah's sort of like hiding from Henry? Just those sort of narrative uh, motivations were the thing I love the most about that game. Also, it's just really pretty. I mean, it's in this really beautiful, like, forest preserve it's just a really pretty game too like i just would like stand perfectly still and look around like 360 degrees at the you know the national forest that it's set in and i'm like a sucker for really pretty story-based games so it was basically made for me it's interesting with firewatch i i like everything that it is doing and there are there are many parts that are like totally compelling to me um for me and without getting into any specifics, the ending of the game did not really tie together everything in a way that felt really satisfactory to me. I'm curious how it sort of landed with you and and your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's the most common complaint I've seen. And I definitely feel the same way. I thought the story kind of ended with a big thud, which, you know, stunk because the whole thing that I loved the most was how compelling and captivating the story was. But I think... 
like I'm never happy with a story from start to finish. Like I can think of very few stories that I find completely perfect encapsulated. Um, so the ending wasn't frustrating enough for me to like disavow the rest of the game. But I do think that the ending was kind of just like blah, like it just kind of spat out at you and you're like, wait, that's it. That That's it. Really? It was leading to this, um, which stinks. Yeah, it definitely stinks when the game ends like that. But I still thought the rest of it was so good that it wasn't enough to turn me off. Submit, did you play Firewatch? Yeah, I, I loved it. I had it uh, at number six right behind The Witness on, on my personal list. Did it, did it, uh, what, how did you think about how it sort of wrapped up? Yeah, I, I had uh, similar feelings as well about uh, the ending. I, I also, didn't love some of the kind of red herrings they use throughout the story. Uh, you know, I don't want to go into spoilers or anything, but um, there's uh, a lot of uh, tension that they build up in some really awesome ways uh, because it's a, a first-person game and you are exploring this this uh, you know forest in a national park and you know at times you know whether it's the environment or the you know the the kind of eerie score uh, beneath it um or or um you know just like the stuff that, like the conversations that you're having with Delilah um you know all that kind of comes together at points to to really make make the, your your journey kind of creepy in parts and then then there's like stuff that happens to you that is legitimately uh terrifying uh, and so, um, that, that stuff is all great, but there, there are some, uh, elements of the, the, the plotting that, you know, even before the ending that I, that I, I was kind of, that kind of left, left me scratching my head. But, um, overall, uh, I, I really did, uh, love the, the look of the game, the, the soundtrack and, and the general kind of themes of, uh, like guilt that, that run through that story. Um, and it was told in a very uh, mature way, and um, it's it's definitely something that I I, I want to see more of in in games. Allegro, what was your game of the year? Uh, it was Virginia, actually. So I'm totally like I totally subscribe to that genre. Clearly, of kind of like story games that don't have the best <laughs> complete endings, um, but are just very like linear, beautiful stories. Um, I really, really liked Virginia and I was super bummed that it wasn't on our list. Yeah, I liked it too. It was on my, it was on my personal list as well. It was really neat. Um, but, uh, so those are our six through four games. Uh, if my math is correct, we, last week, if you missed it, we did 10 through seven with Charlie. So make sure you check that out and join him next week for three through one. Um, as, as we go over the best games of 2016, uh, thank you to both of you for, for joining me and thanks to you for, for listening. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Uh, we got a ton more for you at polygon.com, including write-ups by all of us and more, uh, about these games of the year. So go check all that stuff out. But for now, for, uh, Allegra Frank and Smith Sarkar, my name is Justin McElroy and thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Quality Control.